Welcome to Out of Zion with Susan Michael, an exploration of the Bible and the land of Israel. From ancient biblical sites to the story behind the stories, join Susan on a journey through the most exciting book on the planet. Hit the subscribe button for future episodes, which will deepen your faith and bring the Bible to life. And now here's our host, Susan Michael. Well, hey there, welcome back. This is the Out of Zion podcast, our Israel Answers series. We're taking a few weeks here to connect the Bible to modern Israel. So we're spanning the gap, filling in some information to help prepare you for our future episodes where we're going to answer questions about Israel, about the Bible, and about you and how it affects you. So the last two weeks, we talked about the development of Judaism and then Christianity. This week, we're going to talk about an ugly reality that has been there throughout all this history, and it is the ugly face of anti-Semitism. Now, this is a really important issue for you to understand, so I encourage you, stick with me for a few minutes here so that you understand what is going on today and the responsibility on our shoulders to stand against it today. You know, in 2014, there was a global study of the entire world, and it determined that 25% of people on the planet held anti-Semitic views. That's a lot of people. And 70% of them had never met a Jewish person. Whoa, what does that tell you? We have a problem here. It's a problem of propaganda. It's a problem of conspiracy theories, of lies. These people had never even met a Jewish person, and yet they held these negative views about them. Well, Since 2014, nothing has gotten better. It's only gotten worse. And anti-Semitism is surging around the world. It's epidemic levels in the Middle East. It's at pre-Holocaust levels in Europe. It's even surging here in the United States. Last year, New York, and last year being 2021, New York recorded a 100% increase in anti-Semitic incidents over the year before. And in Los Angeles, they recorded a 59% increase from the year before. So let's talk about this. What is anti-Semitism? Well, in simple terms, it is hatred of or bigotry towards Jews. But I'm going to use a term every once in a while of Christian anti-Semitism. So what would be a definition of Christian anti-Semitism? And that would be when a professing Christian uses the Christian scriptures to denigrate Jewish people and support anti-Semitic tropes and conspiracy theories. That's what we call Christian anti-Semitism. Now, many of you listening to me are evangelical Christians, and you would argue there can be no such thing as Christian anti-Semitism. I mean, it's an oxymoron, right? How can you be a Christian and hold hatred or bigotry towards anybody? 
but especially the Jewish people, the roots of our faith. Unfortunately, history has proven that it is a reality. Now, the picture that I know of that helps you to understand this evil of anti-Semitism is to talk about it in terms of a mutating virus. Then it becomes begins to make sense. We're all we're all familiar with terminology about viruses these days, so it's not a big jump here. But um, the evil pursuit of the Jewish people has been around since the beginning of time, really, from millennia. And it's why the historian Robert Wistridge calls it the longest hatred. And every time we think that we have wiped out this irrational hatred of the Jewish people, it seems to be dying out. What it does is it just reinvents itself. It's like a virus. It'll go dormant for a while. You think you've got it. And then it comes out in a mutated form with kind of a different language, maybe a different face. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all about the same goal, to rid the world of the Jewish people. So uh, there's a lot of history. I won't go into it uh, where it kind of got started, where the roots of it are. But back even before the, the time of Christ, um, in the the world of the empires changing from the Persian Empire to the Greek Empire to the Roman Empire. There was a lot of back and forth with the Jewish people and these ruling empires. And there seemed to be the uh, first anti-Semitic writing was out of Egypt. Um, but in the Bible, our first story that seems to depict anti-Semitism, not just uh a pagan religion. So all, let me explain. All these empires uh, were based on paganism, and you either worshiped the emperor himself or you worshiped the emperor's gods, and you were required to, to show your loyalty to the empire. And of course, the Jews couldn't do that. Their God had told them not to worship any other God. And later on, the Christians in the same, uh, the same boat. So this would often put them at odds with these pagan empires. But in the Bible, the story of the book of Esther seems to go a step further. This isn't about the Persian king and about worshiping him. Uh, this is a, a member of the royal court, the, the consort, Haman. He hates the Jews because they won't bow down to him. And uh, so he devises this plan just to have them all killed. Just kill them all. And, um, and, and so the story of Esther really is a, a very good example of just an irrational hatred of the Jewish people. And uh, in the ancient times, uh, paganism may have had some uh, part to do in it. And then under the Greeks, we have the story of Hanukkah, which isn't in the Bible. It happened in between the Old Testament and the New Testament. But it was all about the Seleucid king, uh, Antiochus IV Epiphanes. And he tried to enforce paganism on the Jewish people. And they revolted. And they actually defeated his forces, regained sovereignty. And that's what the celebration of Hanukkah uh, is all about. But you would think once these pagan empires gave way to the Christian empire, when the Roman empire became Christian, 
in the fourth century AD, you would think that this anti-Semitism and this, this struggle with the Jewish people would have ended, but that's not at all. Instead, uh, anti-Semitism just came into the heart of Christianity and Christian Europe, and where the Christian people um, preached against the Jewish faith and then began to uh, discriminate against the Jewish people and passed all kinds of laws against them. And I talked a little bit about this last week. I'll repeat it very briefly, um, that the it's the preaching against the Jewish religion that started in the church fathers. And um, then that became translated into laws that discriminated against the Jewish people. They couldn't hold certain jobs. They couldn't have certain professions. They couldn't own land. Um, at times, they were rounded up and forced to live in ghettos. At times, they were actually expelled from countries. Um, at times, their children was kidnapped and they were forced to be baptized, trying to force them to become uh, Christians. It's a really long, terrible history of what we would call Christian anti-Semitism. And uh, sometimes we tend to think, oh, well, that was the Catholic Church or that was the the other church. That's not us. We're Protestant now. We've, you know, we're evangelical. But unfortunately, the story is continued uh, under the father of the Reformation, Martin Luther. Um, he reached out in very friendly ways to the Jews. He said, no wonder you haven't converted to Christianity the way you've been treated. So he was very nice to them, expecting that they're now all going to convert to Christianity. And when they didn't, he turned against them. And he wrote terrible anti-Semitic uh, things against the Jewish people. And his writings were later reprinted and used by the Nazis in order to uh, keep the church quiet uh, while he carried out what he said Christianity had actually already been preaching. So um, Christianity uh, did not carry out the Holocaust, but the Holocaust definitely we paved the way for it. Christian anti-Semitism paved the way for the Holocaust. But now the Nazis, uh, their anti-Semitism was not based on a religious philosophy. It was based on uh, racial uh, theories and eugenics and the belief that the races are different and that there are some more developed races and there are underdeveloped races and there are underdeveloped races that are polluting the human genome and so they needed to be eradicated. And top of the list of developed races was the Aryan race, and bottom was the Jews, and the Jews were living there amongst the Aryans. So uh, the Nazi policies were based on racial anti-Semitism, saying these Jews were subhuman, they were evil, they were uh, they were tainting the uh, the racial pool there in Germany, and they needed to be uh, eradicated. Now. Um, so, so they, they tried to eradicate all 11 million Jews in Europe. They made it through 6 million, but their goal had been uh, 11 million. And um, it's just a horrendous piece of history. And the fact that Christian anti-Semitism paved the way for it, provided a bit of a foundation for it, is a travesty. And it's something that 
every Christian needs to understand this and come to terms with it and learn how to now approach the Jewish people uh, with mutual, with humility, first of all, and um, a bit of repentance and with mutual respect. Um, so we've gone from pagan anti-Semitism, the Christian anti-Semitism to racial anti-Semitism. And that brings us up to today. Today, we wouldn't support any of those three expressions of anti-Semitism. Uh, so today, the virus has mutated, and it's come out with an expression that the Western world is actually uh, tolerating. What is it? Well, today, the face of anti-Semitism is largely a political one. It's all about the Jewish collective, not the Jewish individual, but the collective, the Jewish state, the state of Israel. And so you can accuse, you can demonize Israel, and you can accuse them of being evil and Nazis and racist and all these crazy accusations. And the Western world will tolerate it. The world will tolerate it because this is an expression of anti-Semitism that has found the face for today. And it's a, it's a political face. Um, now, not all criticism of Israel is anti-Semitic. Of course not. Israel's not a perfect place. It's made up of fallible human beings, just like America is. I mean, America is far from perfect. But I love America, and I support America. And I love Israel, and I support Israel. But it doesn't mean that they're perfect. It doesn't mean I agree with everything that they do as a state or as a policy. But I've studied their history and the facts are on their side. I know the people of Israel and they are wonderful people, good hearted people. And so we're going to talk more about these things uh, in future episodes on our Israel Answers uh, series. But let me move on because there is one other type of anti-Semitism in the world today. I'm not going to spend any time on this one. But there is also another expression of anti-Semitism that the world tolerates, and it is the Muslim expression of anti-Semitism. So within Islam, there is a theological basis for anti-Semitism, but it's been um, beefed up with uh, racial ideologies that came down through the Nazi ranks to the Middle East um, back earlier in World War II. And it also has a political expression because of the situation with the Palestinians. And so it's not purely religious, but it is religious, it is political, and it does have racial undertones. And yet, a secular globalist West tolerates it. It's mind-blowing. But that is because anti-Semitism is actually an evil spiritual force. Um, it's not just a political force. It's not just a social force. It's not just anything that can be explained away or gotten rid of. It keeps coming back. It is always there. And it is a, a relentless evil pursuit of the Jewish people. Now, this brief outline shows you there is no rational explanation for this other than a biblical one. We have to understand spiritual realities to understand anti-Semitism 
and its history. So we go all the way back to the Garden of Eden, and in Genesis 3.15, where God tells the serpent, he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Now, of course, this is a prophetic word about the Messiah would come and would crush the head of the evil serpent. But before that happens, there is this enmity between the forces of evil and against the woman. And uh, there's another scripture that depicts this beautifully, and that's in the New Testament in the book of Revelation chapter 12. And there it describes a woman who is clothed with the moon and the sun and 12 stars around her head, symbolizing the 12 tribes of Israel. And she is pregnant and going to give birth to the male child who will rule the world. And so this is a perfect depiction of the people of Israel and their calling to be the vehicle, the birthing people for God's plan of redemption. They're going to birth the Messiah into the world. And it says that sitting at her feet to devour the male child is this dragon. And later it says the dragon goes after the woman and she is whisked away into the wilderness for safety. And, um, and then he comes after her again and it says the earth just protects her. So the serpent gets, uh, the dragon gets so mad because he cannot get at the woman, Israel. So he goes after her other offspring, those with the testimony of Jesus. So the enmity, the spiritual enmity against Israel is the same enmity that goes back to the Garden of Eden. It is against the Messiah that's going to come and crush the head of the evil one. And until then, he will do everything he can to stop that from happening. And if he can destroy the woman, he will destroy God's plans and purposes. If he can destroy the church, he will have destroyed God's plans and purposes. So another scripture that I always quote that for me describes this, um, the biblical explanation of anti-Semitism is in the Psalms, Psalm 83, verses 1 through 4, uh, just picking a few uh, of the phrases here and there, but in brief it says, O oh God, those who hate you have said, let us wipe them off, let us cut them off as a nation, that the name of Israel would be no more. So this is very clear that it is the enemies of God himself that are after his people, his people Israel. It is a spiritual battle. And this is why, my friends, that we as Christians are called to pray for them, to bless them, and to stand in solidarity with them because we understand the spiritual battle and we have been equipped with the spiritual weapons to fight spiritual battles in prayer. And so this is our calling in these days. And this is why it's so important that we make this connection between the Bible and Israel today, this evil pursuit that we must stand against. So I hope that you have learned something today 
I would like to offer you a free booklet. If you want to understand more about just what I've covered today, this history of anti-Semitism, I, I wrote a little booklet, very simple, easy to read, to equip you so that you can review it, you have something you can share with others. So in today's show notes, we give you a link to where you can download uh, that book. You'll find it on the outofzionshow.com website under resources, free resource for you. Take advantage of it. So we're going to be back here next week. For the next two weeks, we're going to continue connecting the Bible to Israel today. And so I want to see you back here then. Until then, God bless. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Out of Zion with Susan Michael. Be sure to subscribe to Out of Zion now on Apple Podcasts, cpnshows.com, YouTube, or wherever you like to listen and learn. Out of Zion with Susan Michael is a production of ICEJ USA, all rights reserved.